Romans chapter 12. We're going to go to prayer and then we'll read. Dear Father, we just want to come to you this morning thanking you for who you are. That, Father, you are the sure foundation in an unstable world. Father, you are the supply uh, when there is such a demand. Father, I believe there are people that are looking around the world for answers. But, Father, we know that we find those answers in your Son, Jesus Christ, and in your inspired word. Father, thank you so much for the good crowd this morning. That, Father, when we don't know where to turn, we can turn to you. Father, when we don't know where to go, Father, we can go to you. Father, we thank you so much for an opportunity to worship you because we need a little bit of hope in a world uh, that we're living in. Father, we need a little bit of faith. Father, we need a little bit of trust, and we're thankful we can come and get that straight uh, from the well that is your son, Jesus Christ. Father, help us this morning to preach as you would have us to preach. Father, we appreciate the baptism service that's going to be taking uh, following service. But, Father, we just want to lift your name up. We just want to give you right away. Father, you know the heart and condition of everyone here. Father, if there's someone that needs to make things right this morning, we pray they'll do that. Father, someone that's discouraged, we pray they'll come to this altar and find encouragement. Father, if there's someone that has a burden, that they lay it down at your feet, for you care for them. Father, we love you. We praise you. In your son's name we pray, and amen. Romans chapter 12, uh, first three verses. Many of you probably know it very familiarly. But I want to ask a question after, but it says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dwelt, dealt to every man the measure of faith. I want to ask a couple questions this morning before we dive into another text in Genesis chapter 22. But Paul says something very profound here in, in, in Romans 12. Now, ask me this question. I've been dealing with it in my own life, struggling in it, my spiritual life as well. I ask these questions. Why is it so hard to get what we need to get on Sunday? What do you mean by that? Well, let's just, for instance, on the surface. Why is it so hard for Christians today to find time to come to church on Sunday? Sunday morning, Sunday night, even Sunday school, even midweek Bible study. Why is it so hard for so many Christians that do come on Sunday to find the freedom to worship? What do you mean by that? To stand up and testify, to raise your hands and worship maybe during the song, to feel freedom to sing out loud, to to come at any time to feel that freedom, at any time to, to come to an altar to pray. Which leads me to that question, why is it so hard for so many Christians today to come to the altar when they know good and well when they know good and well that they have a burden that they need to lay down, they have a reason to come and pray, and even God has begun to deal with them, not to pray in the pew, but to step forward, and whatever reason that they don't, and, and I know some people that have uh, circumstances with their health that I've noticed people will even come to the, to the front pew, sit on the front pew, or even to sit on the altar to pray, and I appreciate that, despite not being able to get down on your, on your knees, so to speak, but to still make that effort in faith, but... I find it's so hard for so many people to 
to, to find these things on Sunday. And at last, let me ask this last question. This is the one that's been burdening me the most. Why is it so hard for Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, that throughout the week to be able to say no to sin, to say no to temptation, and then on Sunday to try to find, uh, so to speak, uh, to play catch up. I find so often in so many Christians' lives that I've talked to, they struggle through the week so much in dealing with sin, in dealing with temptation, that when by the time they get to church on Sunday, it's you can't play catch up enough. And I find so often that people come to church on Sundays and, and they've not prayed throughout the whole week. And then they begin to pray and they're so burdened down that, that they've, they've missed out on the entire time to worship freely. So I begin to wrestle with that and, and I find my answers in Romans 12 because Paul says, here lies the issue. We are no longer presenting ourselves a living sacrifice. We are no longer presenting ourselves a living sacrifice. See, when I say those two words, living sacrifice, that's like an oxymoron. Uh, an oxymoron is two words that are together but are actually the opposite. But you might better know happily married. My wife's not here. I can get away with it this morning. I thought it would go better. It looked good on paper. But it's an oxymoron, a living sacrifice. You see, this is a paradox of the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, to sacrifice something upon the altar was to kill it, to bleed it out, to sacrifice it. And then once again, to either burn that sacrifice, but it was gone. It was no more used. It was then raised up in a smoke uh, as an offering to God, but it was un. un, un uh, you, you weren't getting it back. It was not living. It was, you came to the altar to sacrifice something that would then be dead. And let me say this. It's also a paradox in the gospel message we see today in America to present yourselves a living sacrifice. The gospel that is preached so often today is that Jesus Christ died to make me a better and bigger me. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are called to be, and which is our reasonable service, a living sacrifice. Unlike anything else that we could literally come every day to die, and yet through a daily death, we can continue to live out God's will for our life. That's the problem. We are no longer presenting ourselves a sacrifice a living sacrifice. Paul says it best. He says it this in Galatians 2 and 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. He said, I know it doesn't make sense. I've died with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. But nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 30 and 31, he says, and why we stand in jeopardy every hour. Why we stand in jeopardy every hour. I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. How is that possible? You can't die but once, right? No, but this is a self-crucifixion. A dying of our own desires, our dying of our own ambitions, our dying of our own lust of this old flesh. I'm telling you, as long as you are breathing, you are encompassed with a flesh that is 
ultimately sinful, ultimately destructive, ultimately wicked, and it needs, and only through Jesus Christ, a daily crucifying of the flesh, a daily dying, a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice. So I want to turn to Genesis chapter 22 because I find something very profound in the story of Abraham and Isaac. And I believe this is where our issue is for so many Christians. We come on Sunday and we try to tame this beast, so to speak. We try to kill this this flesh that we have. But the problem is this flesh has run amok all week. By the time we get to Sunday, it is now un, it is beyond our taming. Look with me in Genesis chapter 2, verse 9. Now, we know the story. God speaks to Abraham, says, Abraham, I want you to take your son, your son in which you, the son in which you love, and I want you to sacrifice him for me. It was a statement of God's faith, I mean, of Abraham's faith to God. Now, once again, I've said it a thousand times, uh, the world will read this scripture, will read Genesis 22 and say, well, that's what's wrong with Christianity. That's what's wrong with God. What kind of God would ask you to give the very thing that you love for him? But this is the problem. Our heart is deceitfully wicked. The very thing that pumps, the very thing that beats, the very thing that we say is love is deceitfully wicked. And it has to die that it might live. Only those that will lose their life were able to save it, we see. Uh, Those that humble themselves shall be lifted up. But But we see in this that this is the problem. We must lay down the very things we love. We must die to self. If you ever read in the newspaper that Brad Joseph committed suicide, please call the law (laughs) because I've been murdered. I love me. (laughs) I do. I love me. And once again, a very thing that I struggle with in this flesh, as many do, pride. It is such a prideful flesh that we live in. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. But we see here that I am called, even though the very thing that I love is self... (laughs) is to die to self, to lay it down. Christ, which was literally God's only begotten son, glory encompassed, Emmanuel literally would step out of heaven to die for me. So once again, he died for me that I might die for him and live for him. But look at verse 9, and then we're going to backtrack a little bit. And I won't tarry very long. But he takes them, takes Abraham... I mean, Abraham takes Isaac and then some other uh, people with him, some servants with him. And it says in verse 9, And they came to a place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. So, for instance, now let me backtrack just for one. I want to read one more verse just came to me. Look at verse 7. As they're walking up, as they're walking up this hill, as they're walking up into the, to go to this place which God had told him, it says, And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? In verse 8, Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. So on the way up the mountain, 
Abraham notices, I've been in this situation before. This was nothing contradictory to culture at this time. Many sacrifices to pagan gods and, and other gods. So he noticed, he said, all right, we've got the wood and we've got the fire, but where's the offering? So then they get up to verse 9. He stands there as Abraham, it says Abraham builds an altar, puts the wood on the altar. And then it says he binds Isaac. Not only does he bind Isaac, but then Isaac allows his father to lay him down on the altar. I don't know about you, but if my father said, don't worry, there's going to be an offering, we're going to take care of it. (laughs) But as I got to the top of the mountain, I began to say, there is no offering. Here's the wood. Here's the altar. Now, now, Father, you said there's going to be an offering, but how come you're binding my hands? How come you're binding my feet? How come you're asking me to lay myself on this altar when you said there would, God would provide himself one? It sure looks like I'm going to be that offering. Would there be not a struggle? Would there not be a, a fight? And this is why... We are in the spiritual condition we are in today. We have not trusted our Father enough throughout the week to trust Him on Sunday. We've allowed ourselves to run our own lives, to run our own show, to seek out the very desires that we want on our own, and then expect on Sunday for us just to give our hands and our feet and say, God, here I am. Tie me up. Lay me down. I want to be a living sacrifice for you. No, we see what happens on Sunday. For crying aloud, people just don't even come to church anymore because they cannot be bound. They have done it their own way for so long that when the Father says to them, it's time. (laughs) No way. No way. I want you to go pray at the altar today. Oh, no way I'm going to do that. I want you to sing a song. I want you to testify for me this morning. Oh, no way. I can't do that. And yet we see in the the situation, Genesis 22, Isaac stood by and watched it all play out. And when it was his turn, he said, hey, here I am. He literally let his father bind him and lay him upon the altar to be a sacrifice. That is a living sacrifice. That is a living sacrifice. Number one, we have to notice this. It has to be our first love. If Jesus Christ and God's will for your life is not your first love, you will, it will, your, your whole foundation will self-destruct. It has to be your first love. Remember what he said there. He said that in verse 2. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. First time in the Bible, the word love, we see this. Whom thou lovest. This is the problem. Whatever it is that you are putting before God, 
Whatever it is that you are escalating above God, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's money. I don't care if it's fame. I don't care if it's your family, if it's your career, if it's your reputation. If all those things, if any of them are escalated above Jesus Christ and what he did for you, you will never allow yourself to be bound. You will never allow yourself to lay down. Abraham's first love was not Isaac. He loved Isaac. God made mention to to be very honest that I know what I'm asking you to do is very great. This is not only your only son, but the son in which you love, the son which I gave you, of the, the son of promise, but it was not his first love. Remember what the Spirit said to the church? Church of Laodicea? He says, return, you have left your what? Your first love. That's what happens. When you begin to put things before God, they will then take precedent when God begins to want you to move. Number two, it's about the journey. We have to understand my favorite verse in Scripture, Romans 8, 28, and it's in the bulletin today, thankfully, for all things work together for good. You have to understand of what God is trying to produce in your life. When he asks you to do something that is not comfortable, when he asks you to do something that's not orthodox, when he asks you to do something that goes uh, against your flesh, against the grain, against your natural logic, you have to understand, he's trying to produce something in you that is good to better trust him, to better love him, to better lay down your life for him. It says in verse 4, it says, And on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place Afar off. In the world we're living in today, I wish he'd just come back today. I'm telling you. Jesus, just come quickly. Just come now. Make all this right. But I understand the reason he has not yet come because he's still uh, he's still working it all out in my life. This process, this journey up this mountain, so to speak, as we see in Abraham and Isaac. He's beginning to do a work. And we have to understand, I believe that's why we see in verse 7. He said what? I behold the the fire and I I behold the wood. I think those things are things that we are called to carry to better trust him. It says our faith is more precious than gold refined by fire. Our our faith, which is tried by fire. Uh, Once again, we see the wood as Isaac would be carrying this wood. I see it as a burns that we sometimes carry. This is doing what? It's producing something in us that cannot be produced any other way why do i go through this why are we going through this why am i suffering this god is producing something in us that he wants to produce that in that time when he says all right now's your time we will better trust and lay down he had that wood he had that he had god he had his father's promise that listen no matter what i ask of you i'm not going to hurt you he said that no matter what i ask you and you have to understand that god's intention for your life Whatever he might ask you to do, as hard as it is sometimes to do, his intention is never to hurt you. Never to hurt you. But the enemy, I'm telling you, the enemy has only one ambition. To steal and kill and destroy. That's it. That's it. But number three, it's about what he's trying to show you. Look at verse 10 and 11 with me. So we know verse 9. We read it a minute ago. 
And they came to the place which God had told them of, and Abraham built an altar there, and they laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called out unto him of heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad. Neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from him. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. In the stead of his son. This is the beautiful thing about a living sacrifice. Jesus Christ takes all the burden of that sacrifice. Everything I've ever been asked of God to give, He has provided Himself in replace of it. Every sin that I've ever had to lay down, any desire of this flesh, that I said, there's no way I can give this up. There is no way that I can stop doing this. I mean, literally, I love it. And when I laid it down, despite my natural logic, when I allowed it to be bound and laid it down on the altar, Jesus Christ took it for me. He took it for me. And he replaced it with something I never knew beforehand that he could replace it with. He just said, trust me, I'll show you. Trust me, I'll provide for you. This is why we are not where we need to be spiritually Because truly, we don't trust that he can provide something in replace of the very thing we're running after. This is why throughout the week, we are doing what we want to do. We are seeking what our own will for our own lives are. Not seeking God through his word. Not seeking God through prayer. Not seeking God through worship along uh, other believers. And this is why when Sunday comes around and God says, all right. Time for you to do your part. No. We can't. We won't. There's no way you're binding me. There's no way I will lay down for you. There, I won't do it. Why? Because we don't trust that he'll provide. I know it so often, and I'm not trying to point fingers, but I know it's just the way the world gets, and, uh, and there's grace for it. But there is a subtle mentality about working around the week, seven days a week. (laughs) Once again, we are not machines, folks. We were never meant to be machines. The point of the Sabbath wasn't for God, it was for man to realize that we can take a day, whatever that day may be, and say, you know what, I'm just going to trust God. I know the bills are piling up. I I know know, uh, the gas is getting low in the tank, uh, but I'm going to trust that God will provide folks he's never been anything but faithful he can't be anything but faithful but what he's trying to show you is that if you would become a living sacrifice to truly know what that is let me just say this paul says what is the acceptable and perfect perfect will of god i don't know what your ambitions for your life is i don't know what your aspirations and your goals are but i can tell you this They aren't perfect. (laughs) They are not perfect. 
They are biased, they are partial, and they are sinful at best because of who we are as humans. But I can tell you this, the will of Jesus Christ in your life is perfect. If we would just trust it. But I say all that to say this. Look at verse 14. Does exactly what God told him to do. Made the altar. Literally bound his only son. Laid him down. So thankful for his son being obedient. But he laid him down. Pulls out the knife. I've heard preacher once say that he doesn't believe the angel said stop when he was on his way out. But he said stop when he was on his way down. You know, (laughs) it's nothing to pull it here. But when you begin to take that swing, that's really a statement of faith. But it says, and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. He named that place right there, Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. If you leave with nothing else this morning, know this. The Lord will provide. If only we would learn to trust him. But I will say this and we're going to go ahead and get an invitation. Ask uh, Shane and Mike if they can come up and get a number. We'll dismiss here in a minute, but I'd like you to stick around uh, for our baptism service. We won't take too much, but let me just say this. You will never learn that God will provide if you're only trusting him on Sunday morning. If you're expecting to get to where you need spiritually by coming for one hour or two hours or even three hours a week to expect to trust him enough, it has to be a living sacrifice. It has to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I promise you, if you start living for him on those days, Sundays will be a walk in the park. The problem is we live for this world six days a week. We live ourselves unbound, unrestrained, seeking whatever it is we're running after. And then when Sunday morning comes and the Lord calls and says, hey, time to lay down. No. I want to be an Isaac. I want to be someone that trusts my father with everything I have. To say, I know him because he's my father. And he would never do anything to hurt me. Here I am. Bind me up, lay me down. I want to be a living sacrifice for you. Paul says in Romans 12, he says this and he closes it out by saying, I want to read this verse before we get a song. For I say that through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath taught every man in a measure of faith. This thing ain't about you. (laughs) It ain't about me. It's about being a living sacrifice for Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. I'm trying not to think of myself more more than I ought to think. But to realize that Jesus Christ, God's only son, died for me. How can I not lay myself down for him? How can I not? 
Listen, this morning, I don't know what you're trusting in, don't know what you're running after, but can I tell you, the answer ain't in this world. If there was ever a sober thought in your mind, look around today. The answers are not in this world. And if that's the case, why is it that we're running after it every single day? Let us get accustomed to laying ourselves down for Jesus Christ. To die daily to self. To be renewed by the Spirit. Not be conformed by this world. To be truly a living sacrifice. If you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, invitation simple. He came to die for you. And for you to reject that free gift is to make that death in vain. It's not in vain. <laughs> it is the greatest thing anyone has ever done in my life. That a God that saw me in my need, a God that saw my sinful state, would still commend his love that he would send his son to die for me, that is the greatest gift I've ever received. And he wants you to receive it too. All right, we're going to stand been a good place to be. Hey, if you have a need this morning, hey, <laughs> if God says move, are you willing to move? If God says come and pray, are you willing to pray? Are you willing to be bound or willing to lay yourself down and be a living sacrifice? Or are you going to just do what you did the rest of the days of the week? Run after self. I'm going to do what I want to do. God can take the back seat. No way to live. No way to live. As we stand and as we sing.